0: But it might be you with me. La la la. Let me explain. Have you heard of the five love languages? If you haven't, where have you been? Because this is all over social media. Social media and dating shows. Married at first sight. Love is blind. I'm pretty sure they all talk about the love languages, they are awash with discussions about how important the love languages are to finding love and healthy relationships. There's your primary love language, which is the thing that you need in a relationship to remain feeling loved and validated. And then your secondary love language is like the second most important thing that you need within a relationship. If your partner and you don't speak the same love languages. It's basically the same as a Chinese speaker having a relationship with a Spanish speaker. They just wouldn't understand each other and therefore needs feel unmet and you don't feel understood. And allegedly your relationship is going to fail, apparently. What's your love language? Physical touch. I mean, I keep telling him my love language is physical touch. (laughs) He always tells me that, I I don't. I can guess yours. I can guess yours as well, yeah. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. being clean making sure making sure things are clean (laughs) those are not official love languages but yes (laughs) Uh, no i I wouldn't agree with that i would say that like look if i if you came home and you knew the house was a mess and you came home it was clean you'd really appreciate that yeah of course now the five love languages are words of affirmation so that's basically saying nice things to your partner expressing gratitude verbal appreciation compliments helping them to know how much you love them through verbally verbalizing your love for your partner The next one is quality time, which is spending time together doing things, but properly being together, not just existing in the same house. You know, a lot of people who've been married for a long time might just be like two ships passing, just in the same building, but not really any proper connection. But when those two people first started dating, they spent loads of quality time together. They'd go out for walks, they'd go to the cinema, to restaurants. So it's about having that quality time where you're really spending time with each other. The next one is receiving gifts. So things like surprising your partner, thinking of them and showing that through presence. So, you know, if your partner said, oh, I really want to try that thing, that new ice cream I've seen on the telly and then a couple days later you come home with it or spending money on them or creating things, making things, showing effort and then giving them gifts to show that effort of thought and that they've been on your mind acts of service so like doing things for your partner helping with chores driving them to places picking up their laundry doing things that make their life easier and better and the last love language is physical touch like massages back rubs hand holding and of course sex now the theory of the five languages was made up by a man named gary chapman I say made up because it literally was just made up based on his own observations. It wasn't tested. It wasn't a theory that went through the normal channels of peer-reviewed studies. And actually, since he made it up, it actually has been tested. Several researchers have looked into the five love languages and it hasn't stood up to scrutiny. There's little evidence that the five love languages exist at all or that they are helpful to a healthy relationship, although a recent very small scale study did conclude that matching love languages improved sex and relationships, but all the other research has debunked this as being anything relevant to relationships. But anyway, it was just totally made up by a man who was completely unqualified to make it up. The author of the book, five love languages the secret to love that lasts was a pastor not a counselor he had no therapeutic training or qualifications at all that would enable him to provide counseling to anyone but he provided marriage counseling to his clergy anyway i actually should say here before i really go on to slating this thing That if the concept of love languages has been useful to you in helping you to understand how you operate in relationships or helping you to understand your partner's needs or to communicate your own needs to your partner, then that's actually great. That's brilliant, no harm in that. It's sold 20 million copies worldwide. So there is definitely some merit in this. The five love languages provides a really good way of being able to start discussions with a partner about what is important to you both, and about how you can both meet each other's needs, and it's definitely useful for that. But I wouldn't be able to live without any of them, and I prioritise them all equally. They've all got to be showing up equally in my relationship for me to be happy. And that isn't asking too much. These five languages are actually extremely basic things that should be ongoing on a rolling basis in any relationship I have. These things are in all my friendships too. The words of affirmation, the gifts, the spending time, that's the foundation of all of my friendships, apart from the sex bit, obviously. These are foundational relationship languages. Just very fucking basic. And I do always find it a bit jarring when people talk about it, because it's not something grounded in an evidence base. So, I decided to read it, rather than just instantly coming from this point of like, well, it was made up and it doesn't make sense to me, so I'm going to rubbish it. I thought let me read this book and i cannot actually tell you how fucking horrified i was when i picked it up and i don't know why nobody's talking about this everyone's just like yeah learn your love language from this man who completely made it up but nobody's talking about the contents of this book which are actually wild i'm going to tell you about a particular chapter that's really blown my mind but firstly his development of this theory and counseling of these couples seems to only happen in the most haphazard and unprofessional way. So he talks about how he came to figure out the five love languages, and that was all about in his counselling with these couples, and he's observed these things, and now he's like, right, well, this is something that applies to everyone. But as I say, the couples that he talks about or the counselling that he talks about providing in this book is so fucking haphazard and unprofessional. These people seem to see him and they say, Dr. Chapman... And by the way, Dr. Chapman, he's got a PhD, which is how he earned the title doctor. His PhD is in adult education, not therapy, counselling, love, anything like that. Adult education. Anyway, so these people randomly see him in the supermarket or on the bus or whatever. And they say, my marriage is falling apart. And then every single time he basically establishes that they're not having their needs met, both parties. And then he gives them behavioural tasks to do so that their partner's love language is known and that they start speaking each other's love language and then everyone apparently just lives happily ever after. No thoughts ever are applied to like what might be going on, like what's behind it all. Why does this person need words of affirmation? Where does that come from? What is behind it? But instead, this is all just about plastering over everything by being more intentionally loving not wondering why does your partner need more physical touch but just that just give them the physical touch so everything is just plastered over so it's great but not great do you know what i mean like it's great because yeah actually some of these things really work and actually if you are in a relationship and you do start doing these intentionally loving things it's likely to improve but if you ignore all the whys and how you got to that point in the relationship then nothing really is going to change just by employing these behaviours. But the book is actually better than the social media interpretation of it, though. The social media version that I've seen commonly is all about my love language. What's my love language so you can meet my needs? But but actually, the book is much more about emphasising the importance of thinking about learning your own partner's love language and meeting their needs. It's not about your love language. yes, and that's great. Like, it is important to want to meet your partner's needs. But it does this by making suggestions. So he asked this couple who have got into, like, problems with each other and he's trying to get them to use the five love languages in in, in their household. He, He asked them to list examples of the things that they love about each other. And this couple give this list of examples, like, she keeps the house clean and orderly. She makes dinner three times a week. She chauffeurs the children to all their activities. And he is aggressive in his work. The lists are sort of weird and shallow, and they don't speak to being the lists of two people who adore each other, or even like each other, or even actually have personalities. I actually don't believe half these conversations even happened the ones that are in the book, these people randomly coming up to him and saying, Hey, can you help me? I actually don't believe they happened, or I sincerely hope they didn't. But they're all the same unhappily married people who don't even seem to like each other anymore and it is very gender normy, very rigid roles very traditional conservative wives type stuff and it's mainly the complaints nearly in all of these marriages are women who want their husbands to do more chores and then he calls that an act of service and tells her to never nag about the husband doing more chores but to kind of emotionally manipulate him into doing more around the house But I really question, is her love language actually acts of service? Is her love language acts of service because he's not doing those acts? You know, of course, if your husband is not contributing at all in the home to domestic chores, then of course the one thing that you really, really, really want from your husband is some help. That doesn't mean your love language is acts of service. They're acts of service, which they are of service to himself too. Basic things like taking the bins out. If he was equally doing those things naturally, because it's his responsibility, then would her love language still be acts of service? That thing is happening. My love language doesn't need to be acts of service if those things are already apparent in my relationship. Every week, they deep dive into conversations with a variety of experts on some really, really important and eye or ear opening topics like the history of abortion and the science of sleep. Get excited, get curious and listen to Getting Curious wherever you get your podcasts. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girl? <laughs> some peasant Coke? No. Imagine my horror when I got to the chapter, Loving the Unlovely. So it starts with Chapman strolling around the gardens of a campus, a university campus, where he randomly bumps into a woman named Anne, who he happened to have counselled before. And she asks him, Dr. Chapman, is it possible to love someone who you hate? And he replies, that is one of the most thought-provoking things I've heard. Let's discuss it next week. You know, like, if a woman stops you and your wife in a campus to tell you that she's struggling to love someone that she hates, you should probably ask her if she needs to talk. You should probably ask, like, wow, are you okay? Why do you hate him? What What's happening here? Not just be like, wow, deep. Let's chat about it next week, babe. Which is what he did. Probably didn't call her babe, but you know what I mean. He then goes on to say... That the previous week, Anne had told him that she'd been pleading with her husband to come to counselling, but that her husband had told her that there's nothing wrong with him and it's her that's got the problems. It's her that needs to counsel him. Dr. Gary says that after 10 years of constant condemnation and criticism, Anne's husband had killed her love, destroyed her self-esteem and depleted all of her emotional energy. At no point... When he's literally recognising and making these statements, at no point does this man consider that this woman might need to be liberated from this hell. His Christian views, and he is a fundamentalist Christian pastor, means that staying in this marriage is of utmost importance over and above one's own needs. And he is clear, actually, in other parts of the book. He writes about physical abuse and, uh, uh, and domestic violence. He's very clear That abuse in any form is not acceptable in other parts of the book. But this makes me think he doesn't even know what abuse is. Because Anne's relationship, as he describes it, is definitely abusive. And yet he's just like fucking colluding with it. Anyway, goes on and ponders to himself. Is it possible to love someone who's mistreated you? And then he recites a Bible verse. Love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. He tells her that Jesus says that if you give love, it will be given to you. Forgive your haters and love them. Basically, in not so many words, it sounds as though what he's getting at is love your abuser and love will be given to you. He then suggests to Anne that she should try speaking her husband's primary love language for a week. So all of this she's told him and he's just like, you know what? Speak his love language really put an effort into loving him and she says I just don't know if I can ever love him again after all he has done to me this woman is fucking begging for help she is begging for permission to leave he's made a suggestion for improvement and she said I just he has done so much to me I don't know if I can ever love him again and nor should she be forced to try Women in religious backgrounds often get trapped like this. Like staying in the marriage against all odds is more important than your own sanity, your own right to live free from abuse. She is saying, I'm done. He has done things to me to make me not love him. But the doctor of adult education doesn't listen. Instead, he asks if she's spoken to any of her friends and what they think about it. Because obviously what she's saying about it is less relevant than what other people think about it. And you know how she responds? She says that her friends have been saying, get out. They all say, get out. He will never change. I mean, if there isn't a bigger red flag glaring in this man's face to say that this woman's life is in danger, help her. I mean, Jesus would be definitely telling her to get the hell out, but no. Instead, Dr. Chapman says he recognises that she's torn because of her religion. And he says that he's sympathetic to her struggle. He then tells her about the Bible, saying that you should do good to those who hate you. And he asks her, Has your husband ever treated you as an enemy and not a friend? And she quietly says yes. He then asks her, if he ever curses her. And she says, many times. Dr. Chapman asks Anne, has your husband ever mistreated you? And she says, often. And then he says, has he told you that he hates you? And she said, yes. Then he tells her he'd like to do an experiment to see if the five love languages could save their marriage. Clearly, everything that she said up until now sounds like this is a really a marriage worth saving. And he tells her that because Glenn, her husband, isn't interested in saving the marriage, that this is all on her. It is all on her responsibility to make this work. He says, if we are kind and loving towards people, then they are kind and loving towards us. What is this? What are you telling? The victim of domestic abuse that what? the reason that you are not being treated in a kind and loving way is because you were not kind and loving enough to him? The blaming her for this abuse is just insanity and so dangerous. Anyway, they established that her love language is quality time and that Glenn's love languages are physical touch, oh, fucking course it was, and words of affirmation. Dr. Chapman then tells Anne to ring her abusive husband and say, I want to be a better wife to you. Gary tells Anne to accept whatever response Glenn gives, and to do what he says and not complain. And then, obviously, because his love language is physical touch, she has to start getting physical with him. Anne, of course, is, like, feeling fucking sick at hearing all of this she's sitting here being told but you know she definitely reached out for help and she's now being told you know what don't say anything be a better wife and fuck him as much as you can for the next six months so then Anne asks about sex saying that actually she's felt really used during past sex with glenn she says but he acts like i'm unimportant and then jumps in bed and uses my body so gary suggests physically touching glenn and saying nice things to him And renewing a desire for intimacy by being really nice to each other outside of the bedroom. And then eventually God will help you find your way back to a mutually satisfying sex life. Thank you God. He literally says, Certainly we do not have warm feelings for those who hate us. That would be abnormal. But we can do loving acts for them. That is simply a choice. We hope that such loving acts will have a positive effect upon their attitude and behaviour and treatment. But at least we have chosen to do something positive for them. When I was reading this, I was like, oh my god, I I feel like maybe I'm hallucinating. Are these real words in a real fucking book? Because this is literally the opposite of what you should say to someone in an abusive relationship who has reached out to you for help. As if loving him wrong has caused the abuse. But Anne went off to be a better wife and meet her husband's physical touch needs and never complained to him. She had to write all her nags in a book. So every time she felt pissed off or something she wanted to raise with him, she had to keep her mouth shut, write it in a book and never tell Glenn what was in the book. And basically, apparently, it worked. And they lived happily ever after. Glenn never went to counselling because he's a cunt. But apparently he told the whole community that Gary Chapman, is a miracle worker. I actually really hope that Anne is okay and actually I very much doubt that she is. It sounds like Anne was just forced into a position where she could avoid abuse by being just, silent, docile, subservient and meeting all of her man's needs. This is not a love language. This is not a relationship theory. This is some bullshit, made-up nonsense to keep people in marriages for as long as possible regardless of what is happening to them in those marriages. So this is why I can't take the five love languages seriously. I cannot take unfounded advice from an unqualified man who claims to be a relationship expert, but who boldly writes about very clear domestic abuse in the most irresponsible and dangerous way. 20 million people have read this. How many are people who should have been told to listen to your friends and get out, but instead stayed and shut up and tried to be better wives? I cannot bear the thought of it. So yeah, basically, fuck the five love languages. It is not very loving at all. So there we go, I, I, and honestly, I don't want you to be left feeling like, ah, I've, I've loved the five languages, they've really helped me, like, and now I can't love them. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying just be aware of the people who are teaching you these things, and don't read the bloody book. Anyway, that has been the Monday, over for another day. I'll be back on Wednesday and Friday. And I'm sure you'll hear me again. I hope you will. Listen, follow, subscribe, all that jazz. La la la, let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production.